0: Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, Your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, Give it up for Mike! Coming to you live on tape from week four of quarantine in rapidly gentrifying Culver City, adjacent California. From my eight-year-old son's bedroom boasting a vast array of star wars legos this is the tully show i am your host mike tully joining me today once again from the sunny and suddenly smog-free west side of los angeles the host of the sharp tongue podcast the people's champ hello and welcome back wow quite a cloud you've got going over there jesse may peluso
1: I am here. Uh, I am smoking marijuana because I don't know. I don't have children. Mm-hmm. And if I did have children, I would be smoking marijuana. So I suggest you get on the, the choo-choo cannabis train. Get on the ganja the ganja lift.
0: The choo-choo cannabis train. Yeah, I went to uh, Chuck E. Cheese in the before times, back when we took things for granted, like going to Chuck E. Cheese on a whim. And I just want to get my... Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And I remember... <laughs> this mom walked past me and she had her little kid and she just absolutely reeked. And I was like, Oh, duh. Like I make parenting so much more complicated than it needs to be. All you really need to do is get high as fuck and go to Chuck E. Cheese.
1: Absolutely. That's all you need to do is get stoned. Think of how much easier it would be to be a parent and to escape into that world of a child. You know, where you can just sort of...
0: I wish I could handle that, because you're right. See, I can't do the drinking and parenting thing. I have some friends who do that, and they clearly just have a different relationship with alcohol than I do. For me, when I start drinking, it means I stop being responsible. Like, I don't even, at this point, like, drink while I'm making dinner. I wait until I'm sitting down to eat. I don't want to have anything to do when I have a drink. But I don't feel like marijuana breeds that same sort of laziness. Like I think you can.
1: I don't think so either.
0: But I can't. It just makes me. It makes me weird. And uh, somebody put it perfectly the other day. It's like alcohol makes my problem seem further away, and marijuana makes my problem seem closer. That's the best way that oh. I can explain. The and and then there's two schools of thought on this. One is that you can power through it or it's all in your head or you just haven't tried the right strain and then there's the other school of thought which is you can just biologically genetically be one of the unlucky ones for whom weed just doesn't work do you believe that i could because i think i'm too high strung and i think you would tend to agree with that
1: oh i'm also very high strung so i think that there's ways to cater it Cater the cannabis to suit your needs.
0: Have do you feel like if you did it wrong, you could have a bad time? Did you ever have a period of time where you had a bad time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But the same with alcohol as well. And I think the bad times with alcohol far outweigh the bad times with cannabis, just because of how dangerous it is to overdose on on alcohol. Oh no know? doubt,
0: no doubt. Yeah, I'm already preaching that to my kids that weed like, is I'm less dangerous.
1: The closet behind you. I would love to just get stoned and organize it. People can't see it, and we're going to – Tully and I have decided we're going to offer some video, maybe a little exclusive situation for you guys. But his closet could use some organization. That would be a perfect thing for a parent just to pop an edible and get in there and and see what you can do with all those clothes that your kids probably aren't wearing. It's a lot of clothes. Is that for a, a, a child or is that your closet?
0: I'm a little bigger than that, actually. I'm in a child's room, as I've mentioned, at the start of every single show that we've done together since the lockdown started. <laughs> I too, such a smart ass. <laughs> I, too, wish that that closet was a little bit more organized. I'll be honest with you. I wish that closet had doors.
1: Yeah, there's no doors on that closet. There's a reason. At least coming out of it would be easy, though.
0: There's a reason why most closets, you are able to at least, like, hide the mess with the door. When we got in yeah. here, we... We did part one of the plan, which was take out the doors we don't like. We <laughs> haven't gotten around to part two, and that goes for every single closet in the house. So nobody here has nobody here has anything to hide. Nobody's hiding <laughs> anything in the closet. But yeah, there's uh, there's a bunch of toys and stuff like that. The you only know, my kids do have way too much clothes. I absolutely so copped that My wife designs and sells children's
1: clothes. Oh well, that's a totally different situation. So most and of that stuff, she send me some. Is homegrown? Like four shirts together
0: we will raggedy and the fuck out of you (laughs) jesse
1: i would love to be raggedy and out of your children's clothes i think that'd be a really good repurposing project for you to do this week
0: all joking aside like do you i think this is the point in the quarantine where everybody is getting a little weird like do you (laughs) find yourself Do you find yourself doing stuff like I haven't, I honestly
1: don't blame the quarantine on your weirdness.
0: Do you find that you are doing things that you're surprised that you're doing during quarantine or has it gone more or less the way you expected?
1: Uh, I find that I've sort of really been able to function in sweatpants much longer than I thought I could. Mm -hmm. I never knew that I could wear sweatpants doing everything. Like I'm, I am working on a script and, um, also working on podcasts, so I'm doing work, but in sweatpants. Also, I have really pushed the extent of personal hygiene to the limit. I'm not gonna say there's critters crawling on me, but let's just say if I found one or two, wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't yeah, be ashamed.
0: You have you've created a biosphere in which they might flourish.
1: Yeah, I, I basically has have a unique ecosystem that is on top of my body. That we're fine, like we, where our atmosphere is healthy. We're not polluted too much, but I think the lack of stage time is really getting to me because I'm starting to do shows in my car while I'm in a drive-through at the In-N-Out Burger for two toddlers that are in the back seat of a minivan across the street.
0: Okay, right. So, do you think that you're one of those people who got into stand up because you need attention or you're an exhibitionist or you feel like you weren't heard when you were a child? So now I got the microphone. You guys sit there and listen to me. Like, what part of your neuroses was uh, stand up keeping at bay that it is no longer keeping at bay?
1: I don't think it was a neuroses. I think I just learned how to communicate that way. Like, I I genuinely like creating imagery for people to laugh at like I I, purely and simply like I just like to be able to create a a world out of my mouth that people understand and find humor and joy in and then you know because I I had love in my household my parents loved me my mom you know we were loved even though my parents separated when I was young we still had a lot of love my sister used to tell me to go in the closet and do this thing called closet closet lady closet Kathy when I was like eight or nine and I'd go into my mom's closet and pick one or two things and then I would just pile them on and come out of the closet and do a skit for her that bitch still requests it she requests it of me I'm 37 years old when I go home she's like do closet Kathy I'm like I'm too old but you know (laughs) I'll go do it I am a sucker for entertaining. So I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but I just, I think I enjoy it.
0: Right. Well, I've always wondered that like comics, I, I don't always feel like I've been able to, as much as I've been around them, I don't always feel like I can connect with them. I often feel very awkward, um, uh, like backstage from, you know, in a, in a, a club where there's a bunch of other comics. Cause I just feel like there's a sort of language that they all speak that I don't speak. And everybody loves you back there, but I, I've always wondered if it's because they all, Talk such a big game about coming from this dark place and we're all broken self-loathing people and as not as a not i don't feel broken i don't feel any more self-loathing than is natural and is healthy i think a certain amount of self-loathing is necessary to keep yourself in check i might not even be self-loathing enough if i'm really honest with myself
1: I, I was actually gonna say you could probably kick it up a couple of you, as... Have you've
0: taken a good hard look in the mirror because you should hate yourself about 20 percent <laughs> more than you do um
1: now is this me personally, or is this you talking to yourself? No, I'm talking to
0: myself. I was, I'm talking to the man in the mirror, um, which apparently Michael Jackson was not doing really nearly yeah, exactly enough. Yeah, Michael forget Jackson about was talking homeless about. people. There are clear and present dangers that you're presenting to the community, but like, so you're not that. You're not. I guess that's why you and I get along, and I, I have always. Felt like uh, I'm, you know, comedians are nice to me, and I'm nice to them back, but we don't really like gel because I don't come from their weird place. Like, uh...
1: I also think a lot of comedians don't gel because there is a, an array of issues that each of them have, and interpersonal communication usually wasn't one of the more developed skills that they acquired along the route because it does require a certain amount of narcissists and, um, insecurity. I always call comedians insecure narcissists and the ones that have a harder time communicating you aside, but I think ones that sort of portray that whole, Oh, I'm damaged. And that story that we know so, so commonly amongst comedians, some of it's true, but some of it's also like, an attention grabber, I think to be like, Oh man, I'm so broken. This is the only way I can communicate with the world. Is it, or is that a nice romantic notion that you also want to add on to it because it makes you feel like, you know, Hunter S Thompson of stand up or something. Right.
0: You should be flicking your emo hair out of your face after you say it.
1: It's like, chill. Okay. We get it, Dylan. You're sad. And you're right. (laughs) All your stuff comes from truth. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Most of us are just clowns that learn how to communicate through laughter. You know, sure, it feels great to be on stage. Sure, sure. it feels great to make toddlers laugh in the mm-hmm. back of a minivan. That's pretty much. That's pretty
0: much all I've got. I'm, I've got a terrific act worked out for people who are under ten years old. We'll see As- how. It, I
1: mean, at this point, yeah.
0: We'll see how it translates to people who are of legal drinking age once we get out of this.
1: Let me tell you, mm-hmm. you're a father. Have you heard of blippy?
0: Seriously? Yeah, I have. Okay, give, give me give me your blippy. What?
1: Uh, here's what I'm saying about yeah. what making I, a no, point I, to I your actually, point. I
0: actually there of like are Blippi. millions
1: of dollars to be had entertaining yeah. children.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I so actually. So
1: if you and I have to go and do a tight five at Chuck E. Cheese, we're gonna fucking do it. Oh, you're gonna open for me. There's worse but, things. Well,
0: well, you know, probably more for like a like a co-headlining kind of thing. We can figure we'll out see, this. We'll yeah. see.
1: We'll figure out the details, but you're definitely doing your set from the cheese.
0: So Blippy, I've always found really funny for people who don't know him. People who listen to the Jason Ellis show would be familiar with him because he's sort of become a character on the show. Kevin Kraft from the show dressed up as him for Halloween this uh, past year. I find <sighs> Blippy really, really fascinating because we actually may have done – we might be doing a better job raising the second one than the first mm, – that's not true – The first kid, we didn't want him to just be the kid staring at YouTube all the time. And we did an okay job, but people who are too perfect at that are weird. They're the ones who raise like vegan kids and stuff like that. So he watched his fair share. My daughter has actually watched less, although now that I'm thinking about it, it's because she just is forced to watch she thinks she likes star Wars and she's one year old because it's the only thing that she's been allowed to watch by her older brother. <laughs> she's but, just
1: been taught what she can like,
0: <laughs> but I just basically like a
1: typical woman.
0: I remember right. Exactly. Hey, furthering the patriarchy. I'm trying to do my part. <laughs> so, uh, I remember being at a, a kid's birthday party, and this is one of these uppity things where the parents go all out to show off to the other parents, and they'd hired a live music act. And they were just, like, so into the music that they were, yeah, for kids. And
1: What music? Who?
0: I don't know. B i b B-I-N-G-O? I don't know.
1: I mean, we could do that.
0: We could, but we wouldn't want to. Reason being, it's incredibly irritating because the songs are terrible. The kids don't pay attention when they talk to you. You have to pretend that what they say is interesting and/or makes sense, and it's not. And I remember seeing the guy finish the set and then like walk off to where the kids wouldn't see him. And I just saw he wasn't being unprofessional. He was doing his best, but I just saw this little flash of him just being like, "Oh boy, this is a hard way to make a living." And
1: I was I like, know "How to solve that?"
0: And well, but I was like, "Good." Because in my experience, based on what I've seen on planet earth, it's not natural for a grown up, particularly a grown man, to want to hang out with kids. It's not natural for a grown man to want to entertain kids. And if somebody's going to entertain my kids, I want to know that that person hates it and is dying inside while they're doing it because otherwise that person is a deeply suspicious individual to me so the thing that i like about blippy is from the second i saw him when my kids started watching his videos which are just unwatchable they are just (laughs) torturous
1: unless you're stoned
0: which was i never got that high when i smoked weed was that i could tell that he he to me was uh, i think it's like a robin williams movie like Death to Smoochie or whatever the heck yeah, it is. Yeah, Death to
1: Smoochie. That's a Bob Bobcat Goldthwait movie, too. Okay,
0: so I've never I've never seen that, but it's what I think it is. It's like he was this guy. I could just tell by looking at the blippy character. He was an out-of-work something, and he has, like, his sister's got kids, and he's watching the awful crap that they're watching, you know, the unboxing videos on YouTube, and he's like, well, anybody could do this and Blippy's just the one guy who went whole hog. He went down to the Halloween store, he bought a stupid costume. He was willing to do the stupid character until it caught on. And sure enough, it turns out, do you know that that guy previous to his Blippy fame made a video where he defecated on his friend? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can find but it. But that's it's-
1: also that's solid child humor. <laughs> like pooping on your friend is solid child humor. So maybe that was just his first Blippy. Maybe. Video. Danny oh, you DeVito guys, directed you that guys watching the, You guys watching
0: the Blippy videos? Yeah, I preferred his earlier stuff. I was into the poop stuff.
1: <laughs> I was into the defecation. I really appreciated the defecation education series that, that uh, Blippi did. Little teeny Danny DeVito directed Death to Smoochie. What's his size
0: got to do with it?
1: Because he's just so cute. He's adorable. That's what, it, what he's got to do with it. He's just the cutest little thing. Danny DeVito reason,
0: is the proof that small does not equal adorable.
1: Well, I, th- I think you uh, are looking at it from a tainted window, and you can't appreciate the the adorableness that Danny DeVito exudes. Can you imagine also- if
0: Danny DeVito was like <laughs> six foot five with the exact same proportions? What a mega <laughs> would DeVito be Andre would the look giant. like! Yeah, right.
1: It basically would be Andre the Giant. Danny DeVito is just a shrunken Andre the Giant.
0: How did it ever go wrong between him and Rhea Perlman? If two people were ever put on this earth for one another, wait, are they? They were. Are they not together? No, I don't think so.
1: I need to leave. Wow. That's, I, I, I can't imagine another woman. Like, who. who who's Danny DeVito going to date? Like, he needs another teeny little cute Jewish woman.
0: I'm always, like, fascinated by the boundaries of what will make a certain kind of woman do things that she wouldn't ordinarily do if there wasn't money and or power and or fame involved. Like.
1: Oh, honey, that's not reserved to the coochies. But I know what you're saying.
0: Well, we'll get to your point next, but what if Devito's out there throwing it out like, let's do a one-night thing that could maybe turn into a weekend that ends with a, you know, a trip to Cartier or something like that that maybe leads to you could be the next Mrs. Devito and be in the will? What caliber does Danny Devito pull?
1: Oh, he's pulling all the caliber. Have you been out in in Rodeo Drive? Have you been out in, in LA? When the sun is shining and mean it's there's warm. A, there's
0: a bunch of regular sized DeVitos who are already pulling this off.
1: There's two type of DeVitos out there. There's actually, there's two types of women who are dating the DeVitos out there. There's the ones that are genuine and see him for who, for who he is. Cause he's probably a really good person. And then there's the gold diggers and there's no in between. There's no spectrum. There's no grayscale. It is a black and white situation. It's either gold diggers or good people.
0: Okay, but all that having been said, I definitely noticed that like the the handsome, presentable, famous, rich men of the world get one caliber of gold digger and like Aaron Carter gets a different one.
1: <laughs> cuz he's cuz he's Aaron Carter. Cuz he's he's got like a film over him. There's like kind of like a a little bit of a a you know, you know when you go like, you to the mean. ocean yeah, he, he and there's looks, like a film?
0: He looks flammable. Like, in the
1: marina? Right. Yeah. He's got like a slime over him. But it's definitely...
0: Yeah, he's like an unshowered the, Corey Feldman.
1: Which is basically what I look like in quarantine. <laughs> I'm an unshowered Corey Feldman.
0: <laughs> Gotta get you the sparkly glove and you can just get your Michael Jackson act going.
1: Yeah. I do. I will say I think it's important for girls to have a sugar daddy moment in their life. Just to get their toes in that lake and to have a perspective and experience? Because life is meant to be experienced. And I don't think there's any shame in drawing from all of the wells that eras of your life can sort of offer you. I mean, it's just me saying that I've had a sugar daddy
0: before. I know know it is because huffing is an experience too. And I don't think you would say the same thing about huffing.
1: Huffing? What's huffing? Is that something that is a Blippy video?
0: Huffing? You don't know huffing? Huffing is like when you inhale. Toxic chemical chemicals, so that you get a little buzz off them.
1: No, I I no, I Did never you know, even knew huffing was a thing.
0: It's really bad. It's like people huff like Freon, and then their voice goes you know like You're on another level,
1: weird. though, Tully. You're we like t- a nerd. Everybody knows
0: about huffing.
1: You're like doing, you know, blowing the bathroom in between changing diapers. So yeah, we don't
0: know. Nine, I am more of a coke nerd. <laughs> I feel like you are, you are starting to zero in a little bit. <laughs> You're, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you know. You're, you're
1: popping pills and drinking scotch at, like, midnight.
0: You're cold, but you just got a tiny little bit warmer. <laughs> uh, huffing is a thing. If you have infinite amount of time and you really want to totally bore the crap out of yourself, go find this movie that Philip Seymour Hoffman made where he's a huffer.
1: Is it Flawless?
0: Uh, I don't think it. Oh, no.
1: That's, that's it with him and, and Robert De Niro. He's a huffer?
0: Yeah, Are he you? just keeps on getting, like, model boats. And huffing all like the epoxies or whatever. God, it sounds, he, he are shows you sure up. It wasn't
1: like whole he did videos. He did
0: weird stuff. He took really really weird projects on that people don't forget the people forget the weird stuff he did because it was so forgettable and completely unnoticed at the time. Uh, I've always been like broke, so I've always had the shitty movie channel. On yeah. cable, you know what I mean? So I don't get to I always to-
1: loved his stuff. He definitely you're right, you did pick weird roles. Yeah,
0: so it's this movie. He just like shows I just remember the scene where he shows up at the, the model shop on like a Sunday morning at like seven a.m. He's like, Hey, I need more of that stuff. And they're like, We just sold you a bucket yesterday. You can't be out of it. He's like, No, I made a lot of models.
1: <laughs> Who <was> the <that>? what <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, need to go or... to, I,
1: I I'm going to IMDb. If I tell you, will you know the name of the movie?
0: I don't know the right huff.
1: The, there's no way. Huff enough? No, no. Are you serious? I don't
0: know. It's not. It's. I'm sure uh, it's got like the. You've you know, got the right huff. Um. I'm sure. It's, David uh, Hasselhoff. <laughs> I'm really? sure it's got some unbearably pretentious title like you know.
1: Before the devil knows you're dead.
0: Butterflies in the mist.
1: Oh my god. He was huffing. I can't even handle it. I saw him in a bar in New York.
0: Oh, he was uh, around. All, I used to see him biking quite a bit.
1: Yeah, he he always looked a bit bloated.
0: He always looked very very disheveled. Yeah. He, he looked, looked he unhealthy. looked like a, a worst case scenario Jim Gaffigan.
1: Yeah, he d- he did. He looked like Jim Gaffigan that had maybe, you know, floated up on a river. Bank.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Terrific an, an, actor. And
1: RIP though. I mean, RIP. Hey, hey,
0: hey. Uh, Despite uh, us, really saying that he looked like a dead version of a really unattractive <laughs> man, all due respect.
1: I just want people to know, no disrespect. It's all love here. It's all love.
0: <laughs> okay, so I have two questions for you I've written down so far. Um, oh, God, your, what, was, what was your sugar daddy experience?
1: Oh, um, I, I, I mean, you know, maybe I had one. Right, or two, or maybe three. You,
0: maybe you had I was a, a
1: young, adorable girl in New York. You maybe know, you had people a, paid rent.
0: Sure. Maybe you had a roommate that got up to stuff. Anything interesting ever happened with a roommate of no, yours?
1: No, no, never. You, you can't do it like that. You know, where there's a roommate situation, that's totes and ropes. Oh, you got to keep it off the homestead.
0: Yeah. No, there I are was
1: rules to the game.
0: I was trying to give you a lifeline and let you assign your oh, stories oh, to, yeah, no, I, a I mythical was too high
1: fictional. To
0: roommate.
1: Yeah, I was way too stoned to see that layup. Thank you. No. I'm just
0: always interested in how the, and you and I have probably already even talked about this before and everybody, but me and you remembers us having this conversation that kind of rings a bell, but like, I'm <laughs> always interested in the transaction, not transaction conversation. Like how does this arrangement, or do you just meet on a website?
1: Well, it, you know, it happens. It's, it's very apparent because you know, it, it it's always older like an older there's like there's an age gap how and old? Uh, I'd say 15, at least 15. How old are you? I'm 37.
0: No, how old were you at the time? I'm sorry. Uh early 20s. So I'm 42. I could have sugar daddyed you.
1: No. Why? No. We're just we'll start with the closet and work backwards. But I'm
0: saying I'm in the age, I'm in the age group where yeah, yeah. I, like if I, I, I could now, if my wife leaves me tomorrow and I'm ever allowed to leave my house, I am now in an age group where I could sugar daddy.
1: Yeah, I would say so for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I would definitely say in your forties. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Absolutely. So let's say and, I'm starting, I'm starting to sugar daddy. Tell me how I break this down. What do I You gotta I
1: do? have money. You have to own a business. Oh, uh, you have to be. I
0: have to own a business?
1: Yeah. You gotta have a business. Um, you need to be respectful. You need to be a little bit dangerous. Excuse me. Yeah, and I need an apartment. Those are basic requirements. <laughs> Those are basic requirements.
0: Rent. Okay.
1: For, yeah. Okay. What uh, things stuff? What like, sort of
0: what sort of menace do you need me to, to, to bring to this equation?
1: <laughs> like like light mafia work you know oh
0: oh oh, you were in new york oh of course i gotta go do a thing (laughs) i hate those guys that's why i could never get into the sopranos it's such a it's
1: it's a real thing i know i know it's a um it's the indigenous creature to the galapagos islands that is new york city
0: yeah yeah the staten island
1: it, it, yeah exactly it is a creature that only lives and is from there it doesn't leave there and if you want to see it you have to go see it in its natural habitat and it won't want to leave it will not not fucking going anywhere why would i go anywhere i don't new york has got everything i don't fucking need to go anywhere
0: yeah i know and yeah the, the, one week a year in florida you're good that. right yeah
1: there's okay. an era for that for girls.
0: Okay, so then how do you? How would somebody? How how would how would a girl like you meet a guy like that?
1: Bartending.
0: Okay, now yeah, that makes perfect sense. And a guy like that, oh, that makes it quite a bit easier because you have the built-in reason to have the conversation. If, yeah, if you're YouTube's,
1: talking, mm-hmm. and you, you know, bartenders are armchair therapists. Of really. course,
0: yes, right.
1: Um, especially if you're open during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a day shift, mm-hmm. you get motherfuckers that are in there drinking before the sun goes down. Yeah. Somebody needs to vent. The marriage isn't secure. The job isn't secure. The life isn't secure. And they just need connection. And bartenders are connections to people in that, in that scenario, especially in New York. New York is such a hard environment to live in. It's a hard environment to have a family it's it's a constant grind, just getting from A to B. You're stepping over rats and homeless people and things that you don't know if it was a creature or a human, if it was alive. There's a lot of, you know, uh, various levels of garbage that you have to hurdle over in order to get to work so
0: yeah the city makes people- you the city makes you very hard i used to see old people walking around and it's the, one of the reasons i moved to la is because i knew at some point in my life i had to take a break i always intended to go back at this point i doubt that i will but i was like if you go all the way through you could see them i'm like i can see a native new yorker walking down the street oh yeah because they're like they've built like human turtle shells around themselves
1: yeah, and they've learned to literally pack everything they need for the day and bring it with them everywhere. Everyone looks homeless in New York.
0: That's right. These people
1: aren't homeless. They're just working. They're grinding. They're you know, they live all the way up in Harlem, Stuyvesant Heights or wherever they're living on the outskirts of the city, and they gotta have everything they need to survive for the day. Right. It's a really interesting city to to live in and, and, and I think like when you're a bartender. People just want – people connect more in New York on a verbal level because you're so close to people. The proximity to people is much different than in L.A. We live a little bit more of an isolated experience out here in existence because of the nature of driving around. New York is a very – you know it's a – people are out on their feet walking around on their bikes.
0: The subway, you take it for granted until you leave and you go back and you see it like – I can't really think of almost any other place in in America where people from so many walks of life would be, I mean, literally pressed up against each other. Because the very, very wealthy, of course, are getting chauffeured to work or taking taxis or what have you. But there's some pretty big deal people who still just go down and take the subway oh, yeah. because it's just fast and it's 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 faster than taking a car. There's no traffic down there. So I mean, really, all walks of life pressed up against each other in a way that you, you just you just wouldn't. See elsewhere. Also, New York, way more of an alcoholic culture.
1: Way more of an alcoholic culture. The connection to the have and have-nots is centimeters. The subways will have homeless people next to sitting next to Harvey Keitel. Like it's that type of city where the have-nots and the haves really don't have as much as of a gripe coexisting. It's just a part of the culture. It's it's such it's it really is a rock and roll. Uh, lifestyle,
0: and into this tumultuous stew came an impressionable young Jesse May Peluso.
1: I was impress I wasn't even impressionable. I was impressing.
0: <laughs> and then when Jesse met Guido,
1: <laughs> is that my memoir title?
0: <laughs> I, mean, I thought you could call your special, your stand-up special, "World in My Mouth."
1: <laughs> You're going to call your special "Coming Out of the, My Child's Closet."
0: Something's gonna have to happen in there because it's not no working doors. the way it is.
1: Yeah, it was. It's so easy for you to to come out of your closet because you don't have to open a door. It's just you, you're in there. It's a part we of the world. We all
0: get the metaphor. I'm gay. <sighs> you
1: know, is this our first fight? I'm
0: a gay dad. Okay,
1: <laughs> you are. You are a gay dad. I would have made. Oh man, I would have made
0: such a good gay dad. There's so many
1: such a good gay dad. There's still time. You know,
0: you're right, and I've often thought about that. How if you're in an unhappy relationship, it really would help to be gay. Cause like, if you're, if you're a straight dad and you decide that it's not working, you break up the family and you're like, unless you really play your cards, right. You're, you're awful. And you, you know, you've, you've compromised your, um, your children's upbringing, everything they thought they knew went out the yeah, window. You've
1: ruined like four lives.
0: But if you're a gay dad, if you play your cards, right, you can be a hero.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You know, and you got the family, you got the kids, you got the ex wife who's now like your hopefully one of your best friends once you're we...
1: BFF. You're going and getting pedicures together.
0: That's, <laughs> that's
1: you're right. You're both sharing BJ techniques and with you're, one another. And
0: you're, wow. Okay. That is, I'm trying to imagine having that conversation with my wife. And then you're with uh, with a dude where you're at most monogamish.
1: Monogamish. Hello, memoir title.
0: Mono- I did not, I cannot take credit for that. Monogamish is the new monogamous. Uh, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Everybody's monogamish. like culturally. Everybody's monogamish. Um, gay, are you
1: sure? Is it? Are you conjecting? Many
0: gay men are, um, are at least monogamish.
1: I would say that that is going to become a stereotype that is not going to ring as true as it once did. See,
0: I am of the opinion that I don't know how long it's going to take, but I wish there was a way that I could bet on everything gets back to normal more so than everybody currently thinks it would if somebody can tell me the stock that i buy to bet on it might take longer than i think but eventually think i mean i we nobody thought that the world would ever be the same after september 11th and other than the fact that i have to take my shoes off when i fly it is
1: it all it's cyclical it all resets itself people forget mm-hmm. quickly yep. hopefully soon homosexual love won't be a thing that people have to say in order to promote equality of it. And homosexual love will become so common that it will become the mainstay and the regular, and then heterosexual relationships will be the ostracized.
0: (laughs) I've thought about this. I've thought about this too. Right, 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 right. And then we have straight bars.
1: Right. There's straight bars. Where it's, what goes on in there? They're well, always let me tell you, playing Monday Night Football. football and, and, and Jodie Foster gets slammed up against the pinball machine. That's what happens in straight bars. What
0: are you talking about?
1: It's, a, it's a, a movie called The Accused where she gets raped in the back of a bar. Why the
0: hell does that have to happen in the straight bar? I thought we were just watching she, football and throwing darts.
1: Straight dudes rape chicks. It's facts. It's facts. It's science.
0: That's a horrible thing to say. You mentioned earlier that uh when I was mentioning sugar daddies and Danny DeVito, um that <laughs> that you were like it cuts both ways. I'm interested to hear your theory on how there are gold digger men.
1: Uh probably in the gay community.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Oh dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't want to give away any specifics, but professionally I recently encountered a situation I'm yes. like, wow, this is does everybody in this room realize what a gigantic raging cliche everybody in this room is? Right. Like are But you- I
1: think the, the gold digger man outwardly looks differently than the gold digging woman. Mm-hmm. And I think because of our sexes we Our idea of gold is different, and obviously, individually, everyone's idea of success and gold is going to be interpreted differently, but I think if we just look at it from a gender-specific difference, women's idea of gold versus men, you know, I think what I've seen in my experience, gold-digging men are more like the ones that are sleeping on the couch, not contributing not working um oh, okay. making up excuses as to why they can't get jobs basically kind of like a lazy fuckboy boy mm-hmm. situation where they find women who like to be project managers wow. and so women just keep dating these guys and providing for them making excuses as to why he can't get back to work oh he hurt his ankle in college 15 years ago and there's you know cartilage built up so he can't walk a full strut because he's injured and she's believed it because loneliness is real and she hasn't put any time into her own self-care to realize she's a really damaged one and she shouldn't be paying for a man to sleep on her couch to learn that she should be paying to sit on somebody else's couch of prof- a professional to give her advice
0: well said and that's what
1: i did that was a story about how i healed <laughs>
0: social distance chest bump wait after you were a sugar baby then you were a, a, a trophy lady
1: yes to to reiterate my point I think a woman should experience all
0: oh my aspects goodness of life have you tried some of the good ones
1: oh yeah I've okay. got one he's not going anywhere
0: okay great I'm glad to yeah hear I got that. a good
1: one now um, but I've had I've had a plethora mm-hmm. of fellas every type of it's, I call myself Goldie Cox, you know, this one's too cold, this one's too crazy. It's 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 an array of, you know, scenarios where you have to go, hmm, why are these people coming into my life? Because yeah. women like to go, he's an asshole. Well, bitch, you gave him keys to your apartment.
0: Oh my God, yeah. Why are
1: you letting the assholes in?
0: No, I, I'm, I'm always leading the takes two to tango
1: Absolutely, it takes two to allow the slob to stay on the couch without contributing
0: that's right
1: yeah so i think you know being the sugar mama versus the uh what 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 is a woman who provides for a sugar mama sugar daddy i don't think either one is better but i'm also a grown-ass bitch now but i do think everyone should experience it and you know it's nice to have somebody buy you a louis vuitton bag every holiday
0: (laughs) i get it yeah there's there's upsides and as long the as as long as everybody goes in with their yeah. eyes open,
1: yeah, and their and their you know holes cleansed, yeah, emotional, emotional, of course. I didn't mean butthole. You're you you scowled like I meant butthole. I, well, you should keep your butthole clean.
0: Hey, you know, I'm just sitting here playing with Legos while I'm talking to you, right? This Are is... you?
1: Because I thought you were gearing up to talk about what we've tried to talk about on every episode.
0: Oh, you mean like how uh, I learned this week that. C3PO is a gigantic asshole?
1: Like like a physiological asshole?
0: <laughs> Dude, think about it. If you really look at him, he's just like a gigantic <laughs> No. No, the guy who plays him is apparently like the most insufferable prick of all time.
1: Oh no. Nobody we likes probably C- insufferable because mm-hmm. nobody knows who he is.
0: I think he was insufferable from the get-go. I think what it was is that he thought he was an actor. And every and he was just taking a job in this like corny little B movie and no respect for You know there's a guy in R2D2? There
1: is? Yeah. His it's name, Danny DeVito. His name's
0: Kenny Baker.
1: It's Danny. And oh. Danny
0: DeVito could probably dunk on him.
1: Really he's teeny? Danny
0: DeVito could posterize R2D2.
1: Whoa. Yeah, and they didn't
0: they didn't get along because the one guy was is an actor who perceived the other guy as being a guy who just stood in a garbage can and twisted the head from time to time.
1: See, this is where there's a battle between your essence and your image and who you, who you're allowing to, to speak from, you know, are you speaking from your ego or who you really are? And I think our ego gets in the way. Cause if that dude was just cool with having work in the eighties, he would have just been chill and, and not been a freaking asshole. Then again, Maybe his mom was a bitch and didn't breastfeed him long enough when he was a child. There's yep. roots to all of the damage.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then there's a thing that uh, this famous football coach Bill Parcells used to always say, which is your, your, you are what your record says you are. And, like, if you're so goddamn great, C-3PO, then why don't you go do something that doesn't involve you being C-3PO? Inside of a trash
1: yeah, can. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and, I mean, in, in his defense, he had been, like, he was, like, a successful stage actor. It's not like he never did anything, but if you're, like you know who thinks they're too good for star wars as far as i can tell han solo chewbacca I mean, <laughs> no way chewie has nothing but love at Chewie's his heart so sweet he oh my god my, i want
1: him to be my emotional support pet
0: he hugs you know what sucks is that the last time we went to disneyland because we ponied up and got the the annual pass because we, we were just living there like they're very very expensive and we were going like every weekend we were getting our wow. money's worth and um my uh my my daughter had become like chewy curious by the last time that we went there and like he's trying to hug her and she's like doing the baby thing where they like run and hide you know in their parents arms but they're still like looking back like yeah i'm thinking about I mean, that's
1: it that's how i get sugar daddies by
0: the way <laughs> it's like, you could learn a thing or two from a one-year-old when it comes to attracting <laughs> yeah mafia guys and uh and and since then she's gotten so into him. She calls Star Wars Chewy. She sleeps with like a Chewy doll. I mean, she sleeps with a lot of things, but one of them's a Chewy doll. And I know if we could just go back to Star Wars, she'd finally give Chewy that great big hug that Chewy was.
1: Oh God, this is really creepy. This sounds like a blippy episode. You should probably just film it, and that could be your Wait, Your the, hold,
0: Oh Hold on one second.
1: Can we interview?
0: No, we sure can't. What's up?
1: Um There's a child in the room.
0: I will be done. In... Ten minutes? Fifteen minutes. Yep.
1: Hopefully oh my god, you have the sweetest where my... child.
0: Where did this thing go? Oh the little voice oh, was buds.
1: so sweet. It's like this. This is why it's hard to work from home. Hold on,
0: I can't hear you. All right, I'm back. What'd you say?
1: I said that was that little voice was so sweet and. I don't know if your child normally is that sweet and tender or if there was an instruction to be sweet and tender.
0: No, he's pretty flipping cherubic.
1: <laughs> he was like, um, excuse me, daddy, how much longer? I was just wondering, <sighs> sir. Oh, God, there's something that it just it, it, it tugs at my ovaries when I hear a child's voice. And I think it's just being 37, you know? <sighs> If
0: you're gonna do it, I, if you're gonna do it, you may as well uh, get it on. Because I was, uh, I didn't want to be an old dad, and I wasn't with the first one. And I'm an, uh, kind of an old dad with the second one, and like I'm feeling it in like my knees.
1: Ah, oh, shit. Well, speaking of feeling it in your knees, I found out that there was a a victim of the Chernobyl accident mm-hmm. born with six toes per foot and webbed fingers, and later both legs were amputated, and then. Went on to win a gold medal in cross-country skiing in the Paralympics.
0: You know, I used to interview guys... I've been
1: day drinking and eating Rice Krispie Treats in quarantine. I have my legs. I have all my legs.
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. But look, I'm not... I would not say this in jest if this had not been said to me, but I, I, I interviewed... I used to go to the Winter X Games and the X Games all the time to cover them for the radio, and... I've heard guys who, like, lost legs or lost feeling in their legs. I'm like, wow, it's so amazing what you do. And they're like, ah, I can't even feel half my body. I kind of just chuck myself down the mountain.
1: laugh so hard. That's really funny, because we were like, oh my god, they're so brave. They've overcome so much. It must be so difficult. Eh, can't yeah. feel a thing. Now, I'm just going to toss myself <laughs> over a mountain.
0: 50-50 chance I don't feel a thing. Um, no, and I think that those guys are so used to being, like, kind of put on a pedestal that maybe some of them have developed this way of, like, taking the air out of the situation, so you just, you know, talk to them on, on the level. But I'll never forget the guy saying that. He's like, well, I, whatever. I mean, I probably ran into some stuff. I can't feel a thing down there. And I'm like, righteous And dude.
1: here's CP3C CP- P3P3O mm-hmm. can't handle what he's doing. He's got his legs. And here's this dude just like, eh, fuck it. Whatever. Toss me down the mountain.
0: Speaking of atomic shit, I'd seen this fact recently. And um, and I wanted to bring it up to you because it absolutely blows my mind. There's a guy named Tsutomo Yamaguchi.
1: And Is that your father-in-law? Mm,
0: no, he's...
1: You had to think about it, though.
0: This guy was... In Hiroshima, when the bomb—just
1: bombings, people. For those of you who aren't well versed in history,
0: when the bomb was dropped, right? Yes. And he survived. Many people, you know, did. It was awful, but many people did survive. Here's Yikes. here's the thing, though, Jesse. He didn't live in Hiroshima. He was actually there because he worked there. It's not all that uncommon in in Japan to like work in a different city than where you live yeah, and just come, come home on the weekend and stuff like that. He lived with his family in Nagasaki. So, after Wait,
1: Nagasaki was affected. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We dropped wasn't there a bomb in Nagasaki, yes, we that's, dropped two.
0: That's precisely the point is that he survived Hiroshima and he went home to his family in Nagasaki and he's the only person who was in both cities in the history of humankind that had an A bomb dropped on them.
1: And he survived.
0: No, 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 he totally died. Oh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He lived to be 93 years old.
1: Jesus, what about the rest of his family?
0: Completely obliterated. It was awful.
1: <laughs> this is a lie. He lived I out. Feel like this he lived out.
0: Real. He lived out his day. Five decades of constant sorrow.
1: You're scamming me.
0: Yeah, no, that didn't happen. I think there was a
1: guy, actually, uh, Dr. John Brinkley, who scammed the American public into believing he could transplant goat testicles into the scrotum of infertile men in order for them to conceive. In my mind, while you're letting that ruminate as a man, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have a visceral reaction to that.
0: I'm not that guy. I'm I'm really I've kind of had it with that guy about there's the guys who it's their dick and their mother. And you can't talk wow. about dick, just like your dick is in their mother. Well, no, it's like it's like hey, fuck you, man, fuck you. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, fucking, you. you're a piece of shit. You fucking smell, and you you're a fucking failure. Yeah, yeah, and your mother. Whoa, 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 whoa. do you, you talk my about mother. mother. It's just like who told you? Like who put it in your head? Because I find it very hard to believe that. Those guys are so Teflon when it comes to everything else and just simply cannot bear the thought of anyone bringing up their mom. When the person has no idea who the mom is, it's like, it'd be different if I like met your mom and I'd been over for Thanksgiving dinner and that night I was like, let me fucking tell you about your mom. It's <laughs> always just some guy you met at the bar. It's just, it, it, you're just poking. It's this random, it's like your mother's so fat that whatever, you know what I mean? It just means it, nothing. it's
1: like a poking a bear.
0: And it's just like guys are like, I'd rather have, you know, I, I'd rather be the guy in the Metallica one video. I'd rather have both my arms, both my legs be blind in both eyes and have my and have my tongue removed than like lose like my foreskin because, bro, that's my shit, bro. I can't even <laughs> think about that. You know, it's just like, come on, dude, let's I, like the I,
1: overly hetero dudes.
0: I'm a big fan of my penis, but let's be reasonable here.
1: That should be your book title. I'm a big fan of my <laughs> penis. I just like I just think this is misplaced persuasion like the power of persuasion has been so wasted on people like like this sort of thing it's so dumb imagine this guy as a as a professor like you know teaching a course that could really benefit students it's that sort of thing like the power of persuasion has been left in the wrong hands like look at hitler look how persuasive that dude was and how evil he was! If he had just been a good person, he could have achieved so much. But because he was dumb yeah. and evil, mm-hmm. nothing comes of that wasted potential. It's such wasted potential. Who's the good Hitler? Goat testicles. What's that? Who's the good Hitler?
0: Who's the Hitler of good?
1: Gandhi. Totally. I, I know.
0: I know. Do you know? Not as not he he he's uh, become more revered and sanctified. Um, in history than he was maybe at the time. I'm a big George Orwell. Hitler
1: or Gandhi? No,
0: uh, no, people were even down on Hitler at the time, believe it or not. <laughs> really? Gandhi. I'm a really big uh, George Orwell fan. I've, I think I have read every single word of George Orwell's that was ever published. And uh, he he was always shitting on Gandhi. Right there. There you go. You got 1984 I have never there.
1: read. I, I read George Orwell in school, but I consider I haven't read it because I was so young in my yeah. relationship to it. But I have I 1984 time my next novel to read i heard gandhi was into young girls
0: he slept with his niece because he was trying to practice the discipline to not do anything
1: wow which is
0: just there's levels and levels of creepy there i don't know i always remember orwell's Uh, thing about gandhi is he's like yeah he he uh he's great he he sleeps on the floor always in a millionaire's house (laughs)
1: equivalent of girls in hashtags on twitter today
0: no do you know what <laughs>
1: it's a peaceful protest
0: what gandhi was was um he's the dalai lama to me where it's like I, I maybe there's people out there for for whom and i know that he's obviously a symbol for tibetans of the freedom of tibet and their national identity i totally get that but in terms of being like a religious figure he does Seems to enjoy the company of celebrities more than the company. You know, he leads a very, very simple life hanging out with the Beastie Boys, hanging hey, out yeah. with Richard Gere.
1: having lunch with George Clooney.
0: Yeah, and they're just eating it. He's like
1: Oprah's bestie. You know, I know.
0: They're eating like four lentils each, but they're doing it in Oprah's place in Monticello.
1: If by lentils you mean caviar, yeah. I mean You think Dalai Lama's not enjoying caviar lobster in like Wagyu beef? Come on. Let's, let's don't, get that guy's tax report.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let's just see his. Let's just see his uh, his blood pressure. That'll tell us everything we need to know.
1: It really will. Yeah. I, I found out something that is so um, akin to who I am, and it's literally in my blood. You might know this. It's it's a famous it's a famous factoid. Le uh, Petit was a. I'm probably butchering the, the name. He was a French professional flatuist.
0: Oh my goodness. He came up recently on the Jason Ellis show. Yeah, I know. He, he, he that guy had groupies. That guy literally Yeah, that guy was- had
1: groupies, he had farties. He his act involved sound effects of cannon fire and thunderstorms. I know. And he could play songs from his butt and he also would blow out a candle that was yards away. I I'm know. sure he used some stage uh, you know, some tricks to make it all work. But the fact that this guy made a career and a living as a f- professional farter gives me hope that there will be comedy beyond the quarantine. There
0: will be, there will be, we will get back to normal someday. And you even
1: if I have to like dress up in a costume and come over to your house mm-hmm. and entertain your children, like come out of that closet and do like, you know, maybe it's not blippy. Maybe I'm poopy. I'm poopy who comes out and I just do farts. It's all farts. I fart the alphabet. I can even do a Japanese alphabet, you know, to keep it copacetic in the household. Sure.
0: Yeah, no, you, you keep working on that. You, there's There's got to be something in there you can use. I'm just,
1: I, you know, I'm spitballing and yeah. in here.
0: Are you going to be the first comedian to do a stand up special from your house or is somebody going to beat you to that? Because everybody, I'm
1: going to be the first comedian to do a standup special from my ass. Oh. I am not going to do virtual comedy. I am not doing stand up, I'm not going to do, a, a show for people across the balcony. I'm taking this time as a pause mm-hmm. to do a little day drinking Yeah, to, to finish what I didn't have time to do before mm-hmm. and to like, you know, try and spread a little bit of joy somehow through podcasting and, and, you know, on, on the Instagram, if it involves a fart and a, View of my butt, then so be it. I am here. I'm a yep. hero.
0: No, I, I I I hear you, and I think we should leave on that note. I think that's what this is. <laughs> there's all sorts of negatives to this, but do you know what? This might be the hiatus that we all need. And I mean, with all due respect to people who are going through tough times, as, as as all of us are to some extent or another, obviously some much more than other. But if you're if you're if you're puttering along and you're keeping your head above water, there's an upside to this, which is. You know, we I'm, I'm, I'm saving a lot of money on soap.
1: Yeah, and
0: some days even on toothpaste. And yep, I'm, I'm
1: saving a lot of money on shampoo and pants. I'm broing
0: down with the fam, and and you know what? Turns out leftovers taste almost as good as when you ate them two days ago.
1: Yep, sushi from the grocery store ain't that bad. No, and that's right. When you get bored, fart the alphabet. People will
0: tell you sushi's only good for two days. Well, coronavirus lockdown. Coronavirus. <laughs> we're all learning. <laughs> all right we got to go uh, people who yeah. want to find you you got the sharp tongue podcast yeah just and... find me
1: it's it's there yeah go to my patreon page we're doing exclusive content and tully and i are probably going to put out videos soon
0: yeah oh yeah as well it, this is news to me great looking forward to seeing you have those. to
1: brush your hair make sure you wax i will yeah i got some i
0: got some earwax stuff i'm gonna try
1: yeah do that let and show people let's see what what comes out of that only on my patreon <laughs> Only on
0: your Patreon. Earwax Thursdays, (laughs) only on Patreon. (laughs) All right, we gotta go. I'll talk to you next week. We gotta go eat. Yep,
1: me too. Bye. Bye.